welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Steve. My name is Madison. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Who is this? Who is that? Get out of here. A wild Madison appeared. Hello. We, we have a very special guest this evening. Uh, Madison is joining us for the Black Widow review. You may have noticed that Andy is not here. Uh, he had a personal upheaval uh, earlier today, and he's gone off to deal with that. And our, our thoughts are with him, and he will be rejoining us soon. Also, you may notice that the the general timbre is different. Is that the right term, Steve? Uh, sure. I think it's timbre. Uh, so because of Andy's upheaval, we are, you know, we typically record in his house and wish him all the love and support for dealing with what he's dealing with. So we just moved locations to Steve's office where he edits video footage of various things, including Mr. Clean, apparently. Um, yeah, there I'm, is a Mr. Clean right behind I'm me. Looking at a signed photo of Mr. Clean. Of course. Is, it's real. It's real. He's yeah. a real, he's I a real man. It. That's one of the most prized possessions in this office, I would it, imagine. It, it really is. <laughs> There's also a skeleton with an Olympic medal beer opener and uh, a wig. That's Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones. Okay. Yeah. We're just taking it all in. But anyway, we're right on a <laughs> we're, we're right on a busy thoroughfare in, in a downtownish area. So you might notice uh, some car noise in the background or the room tones different. Just want to throw that out there. Kind of an elephant in the room scenario. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That way they can't they can't yeah, you feel can't, weird about it because I already called it out. Don't. I know some of you like you already have your hand on the phone. You're about to tweet us angry. He's like, <laughs> I can hear all the sounds, And it's like, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm here too. I hear it as well. Mm-hmm. I can tell it's echoing off Mr. Bones. It is, yeah. And it I don't is. like it. Echo. Right? I can hear a Mr. Clean signed photograph in the background. <laughs> you can hear it from that distinct machine. Not sheen. the show I signed up for. <laughs> we get it. Uh, so tonight's episode, we uh, we all went last night to see the premiere, uh, which I always say like that because of the film Inglorious Bastards. Uh, of is that your origin story? Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> Speaking of origin this story, this is your solo moment. Did you, did you see that tweet I tweeted earlier about me locking myself out of my house? Yes. So I, I have my own upheaval, nowhere near as big as Andy's, but this morning, so I took a large portion of pre workout powder. I was pretty excited, motivated to go to the gym. I told you last week I quit my job, so I'm going to start blogging and doing all this stuff, and I'm getting geared up, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym first. So I take a large portion of pre workout powder. I say goodbye to my dogs. I always lock my front door from inside while I'm still in it and then slam it. I don't know why. It's just what I do. And I go to my car and it unlocks itself when you grab the handle. And it, mm, it's not unlocking. Fancy. It's not unlocking though. And I'm like, what's wrong with the car? Because that still hasn't occurred to me what's really gone on. So I locked my <laughs> keys in the house. So now I've taken a large portion of pre-workout powder. I'm locked outside of my house. It's 10 in the morning. My wife's at work. Your dogs are looking at you from the window. <laughs> yeah, what what just looking out the window like, hey, come back in, Dad. That is the good move. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no. So there's this weird moment where I'm like waiting for it to kick in. And the stress is like kicking it in faster. And I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. Is this my villain origin story? Like I'm just going to start barreling through the city. Uh, like Mr. Kool-Aiding through people's homes. There's a man attacking people with protein powder. <laughs> He's just throwing it in their eyes. It's all right? I had was a water bottle and a cell phone. Uh, but luckily I text Andy and I didn't want to pressure him. I said, hey, would you like to go to the gym? And he was like, kind of. So then I went in. I was like, full disclosure, I'm locked outside of my house in a large <laughs> amount of pre-workout powder, and I need you to say yes. And he was like, I'm on my way. Uh, he's what a, a good, good guy. guy. He's wow. a solid man. Anyway, that's what happened to me. But tonight, we're reviewing Black Widow. We're going to do our usual uh, what we've been streaming, the Crossing Stream segment, as well as Check the Gate. 
Uh, we'll start with overall thoughts on Black Widow. So you guys, if you haven't seen it yet, you don't have to be freaked out. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything. And then we'll do an in-depth review right after that. And Next there are always time codes in the show notes if you want to skip to a certain segment. Yeah, that's segment. weird. That's not something a fan per se would do is skip a- around my voice. But if you want to, right, Steve, you could. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> skip all the bullshit you know, yeah, right. speaking of bullshit you can email streamingthingspod at gmail.com at any time excellent segue we will <laughs> you can also call us and leave a voicemail with a voice which is why they call it a voicemail right steve that would be the the thought yes. yeah the etymology of that term sure yeah and how do they call? What number do they call? Oh, well, they can call 859-757-4051. Oh, that's a good number. Yeah, that's 859-757-4051. And you will hear a completely appropriate voicemail greeting, and then you can leave your message for us, and we might play it on the show. But at the very at the very least, we'll be very happy. We'll yeah. listen to it. We'll be like, hey, that's uh, so-and-so's voice. Yeah. Because you'll leave your name and what city you're calling from as well. Because I often sit at home and think, what do my listeners sound like? Mm-hmm. They get to hear what we sound like. <laughs> they listen to us. We all showed the time. you ours. I want to listen to you. Exactly. <laughs> um, also, what else was I going to say? Oh, next week's episode. Are we doing uh, Space Jam? I, I One would assume. I think that's coming out next week. So we're probably going to be reviewing a Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Is there another? Is more to that title? I don't even know. I haven't done the research yet because uh, we didn't probably know. Probably two. You think? I don't know. Space Jam 2? Jammier. <laughs> Space Jammerer. Uh, this one with LeBron instead of Michael Jordan should be a hoot. And I think Alex wants to come back and guest on that. So that's what's in store for next week. But let's move right on into our Crossing Streams segment. <laughs> Actually, Chris, before we do that, mm-hmm. I do want to kind of throw things to Madison and uh, Hello. ask Madison, <laughs> who are you? Why are you here? Who am I? Like uh, the listener, you're listening in, you hear this, this, uh, this, this woman voice. on the show. It, it's only yeah. happened once before. <laughs> I saw you uh, scrambling for adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, what's your story, Madison? What brings you here? Oh, man. Um, so Steve and I used to work together. I used to intern at the place that he um, is currently working. And we've just remained in touch. And um, as an avid fan of the show, I was, you know, listening in. And Steve reached out to me and asked if I wanted to come on and talk about um, what you guys talk about, which is movies. And I love talking about movies. And Steve and I would always chat at work, even though when we're supposed to be working, Mm. we just always talk about other things. Bosses, if you're listening, we were working, not talking. We were working. Yep. Um, They don't listen. No. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, and so um, that's just why I'm here. You, you know, wanted to talk about Black Widow specifically, though, right? I, I mean, this did. was months ago. I did, because yeah. I remember you guys, um, at least Steve, you asked me if I was available for Godzilla versus Kong, and I wasn't available, but I... I re- <laughs> yeah, thank you, you, you dodged a bullet on that I, one. I, ended up, I did end up watching that movie, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, but I knew Black Widow was coming up, and... Um, I'm such a huge fan of Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson. And I was like, you know what? This I think this would be a really good one for me to to hop on and, and kind of dive into it with you guys. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, we would often... I, I really look back on our time working together and just hanging out, talking about Star Wars shit. And, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, there were some Ooh, fun conversations. Have, have, have you been watching The Bad Batch? I have not. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. You don't I, have to. Well... <laughs> 
I I watched the first episode and I, I'm not one to watch um, animation like cartoons. It's really difficult for me to watch. I don't know why. It just is. Um, but I'm a huge fan of The Mandalorian. Love Mandalorian. I love where Star Wars is going in that direction in terms of series. I'm really excited for Kenobi. Um, yeah. And any other additional Star Wars stories that are coming out, I think that's going to be really cool. Um, but yeah, I've not watched The Bad Batch in its entirety. I don't think you're missing anything. Yeah. I watched the first episode as well and was like, it was okay, but I don't think I'm sold. And I was informed that was the best of the bunch. And mm. so if that didn't sell me, <laughs> yeah. do not continue. And I took their word for it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation because I enjoyed the movie that we're talking about tonight rather a lot because, you know, it gets old. We don't like hating on shit. We don't no. like, no. Uh, you know, it's gets hard to create things. I create things. Yeah. And I don't like when people shit on them. And so I don't like doing that. But sometimes I got to keep it real. You know? Oh, yeah. As oh, yeah, they man. say. Do they say that still? I don't know. Madison, you're younger than us. Are the ki- what are the kids on the street saying? Oh, don't what's, put me on the spot. What's the lingo? What's the, the street's literally right there. I'll go ask them. <laughs> what's yeah. the haps, my man? <laughs> I think I think get real is still is still solid. Okay, good. It's good. a good one. Because I don't want to be keeping it wrong, but keeping it real. Is it lit? It is, fam. It is mm. lit. Um, it is. It so is lit. This please Kawabunga. All, all the dad no, listeners Steve. are very pleased right now. <laughs> no, Steve. Their New Balance <laughs> shoes are fluttering. Um, so, Madison, what what have you been streaming this past week or, or ever, really, I guess? Yours is wide open since it's your first it's appearance. Your first time. Know, <laughs> the world is your oyster. Um, well, I was thinking about it on the way here. Um, probably the most recent thing I've streamed in terms of shows um, was actually Shadow and Bone. Okay. Which is a little outside of my... Cause I like fantasy, like I like Harry Potter and I like Lord of the Rings, but it takes a lot for me to watch something that's a little not out, like in that guideline, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friend recommended it to me and I watched it and it was actually really good. Um, and I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting it to be good because it looked like it was kind of geared towards a younger audience. Um, but I really enjoyed that. And that's on Netflix. Yeah, I never quite caught that, but it was like trending a lot on Netflix. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fantasy fan, so I, I, I should have checked it out, but, but just didn't catch up with it. It's it's based off of a book series. Um, and I the friend that recommended it to me read the books prior to watching the TV show. And she was like, it was amazing, like transition from the books to making it a TV series. And I thought that was pretty impressive for her to say, at least. So, yeah, the adaptation of those kind of properties are always um, are often really rough. So mm-hmm. I'll probably check it out. I've got a lot of extra time now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else you've been streaming? Um, so I know you guys talked about streaming movies, like older movies and stuff. But I recently yeah, Chris just did sneakers last week. So um, a movie that I just recently watched was Pleasantville with Tobey Maguire oh, yeah. and uh, Reese Witherspoon. And I know I've the movie itself is so unique in terms of like its story and like where it's like the style. And so I watched it just cause I don't know. I think I'd only seen it one other time before and I was like, wow, this is such a good solid movie. It was just, uh, I don't know, a good little fresh air of a movie to watch. Yeah. So. I haven't seen that since it came out, but I love when that happens when you revisit films from especially like adolescence or something where you didn't even get a lot of the references mm-hmm. or themes. Mm-hmm. And you just remember thinking, Adults said that was a good movie and I agreed, you know, <laughs> like so many on my shelf are just for that reason. And then you go back and watch them and you're like, hey, hey. it's always good when they, they hold up. And they, those adults right. were right. Sometimes you have the opposite experience. And you're like, damn, adults. Sometimes yeah. parents do understand. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, I 
I like what going back and watching movies in the peak of actors' careers, and I feel like that movie for Tobey Maguire and transitioning from that movie into his Spider-Man career. Mm-hmm. I don't know I just I like going back and watching those, seeing them in their peak time. And where is Tobey Maguire? Who knows? Probably getting beat up. Oh, Toby. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Tobey Maguire is just within the past couple years, because I wasn't super, you know, I like Tobey Maguire as an actor, but I wasn't yeah. super on top of the Hollywood goss. <laughs> uh, so it's only within the last couple of years that I've realized that apparently Tobey Maguire has the reputation of being a little bit of a bastard. Really? Oh. And uh, so much so that... On not those, very pleasant of him. No, not very pleasant Like in a... Him. Like in a self-righteous kind of way or like in a, in an artistic way. Like I think it's like Edward Norton is kind of just like, I think it's, he's, I get the idea that he wants to be an asshole, like the way Edward Norton is, but he just comes off more as like a sniveling little weasel Uh Mm. Um, to the point where there's a famous story that I just stumbled upon within the last year that I thought was really funny on the set of the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, Did you know Joe Manganiello is in that movie? Yes. So apparently he's the the bully that beats. Yeah. Uh, so apparently there's that fight scene that they have where, you know, he's just unlocked his spider powers and he's like evading all of Flash Thompson's, you know, I think that's the bully's name. Yeah. Uh, all of his uh, swings. And the crew was literally like offering Joe money to accidentally quotes, <laughs> make contact and hit wow. him. Fortunately, Joe's like, I can't hit the star. I'm, that's going to ruin my career. And it could also shut down production. That's not a smart move. Yeah. But he's like talked about it in interviews. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> like, everyone hated that guy. Now that I have an established career, everybody yeah. wanted me to punch him. Wow. Uh, but yeah, wow. supposedly, I, I mean, again, this is all hearsay. It's uh, all third party source. I don't know him myself. He could, I mean, he could just very well just show up in the door behind me like what'd you say motherfucker <laughs> that's where he's been the whole time right. he's actually <laughs> he's mr Toby. bones he's oh mr. my god <laughs> toby yeah finest oh weed in the south fathering um <laughs> that's what i think every time we say his name huh. is toby. lord of the rings when gandalf's like oh finest toby weed the south <laughs> steve what have you been streaming well well uh let me be really lame uh, so this week has been another hellish week uh, for me in terms of work. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to stream much of anything other than stuff that we either aren't talking about this episode or we're talking about later in the episode. However, there is one thing I've been meaning to like say over the last couple of weeks, but I either forget to mention it during crossing streams or I'm like, this is lame. I'm not going to do it. But Today's the day, we're, listener. We're as bare as Mr. Bones here. <laughs> Today's the day. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, both Chris okay. and Madison. All right. What do I and President of the United States Joe Biden have in common with each other? Mm. We are both security risks. A sharp we sense own of style. A Peloton. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so I have a Peloton bike. I stream exercises on it. Uh, and so I just, I, for the last couple of weeks, I've been wanting to talk to the, you, the listener, and ask, does anyone else have a Peloton? Will you be my friend on Peloton so we can ride bikes together and compete? Because that would be really fun. Is that a thing? Me. Yeah, you can have like little friends and you can. Is that classes. friendly though, or do you, you're just you're challenging them to a race? I mean, not necessarily. This is Fast and Furious Ten Peloton. I mean, I- Fast and Furious Peloton. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god! I actually, I actually tried to watch. Which one was it? I think it was. Fat, I think it was Too Fast, Too Furious. I tried to watch that when we were doing... On the Piton? 
on the Peloton where I would just, I think you know, it's Peton if you're in the my, crew. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Come <laughs> would, on, man. I'll be, you know, rolling on my Peton. Yeah, there you go. At a, at a nice even pace. But when they were racing, I was going real fast. Oh, oh you made yeah. it like an exercise game. Yeah. I was, cause I was like, I need to work out. I'm getting a little puffy. And, uh, <laughs> it didn't, I didn't make it through half the movie. A, because like I was so transfixed on the movie because it's too fast, too furious. And there's a lot going on on that screen. Yeah. <laughs> and every time Paul Walker said, I would start laughing. <laughs> uh, so it didn't last long, but I made an attempt to merge my healthy exercising with my streaming and it failed. However, that's why I'm asking you listeners, if you guys are on Peloton and you are interested, let me know. Yeah, you can uh, hit up Steve May 13 on Twitter. It's <laughs> do you have a Peton name? I do have a Peton name. It's Steve Tempest. OK, so. uh. is that a reference to the your favorite Shakespeare play? No. Uh, so actually, Steve Tempest is. Um, uh, the evolution of my PlayStation account, which uh -huh. is Jimmy Tempest. Jimmy Tempest is the name of a character I was supposed to play in a film I was supposed to make in 2007. And you were just really wrapped up in that project when you got your PlayStation. Well, I, well, I was right. So I was <laughs> writing it. So this is fascinating. I so love this. a big, so uh, the, my cross extreme is just evolving into my history and filmmaking. But uh, when I was, in high school, the big thing, the big project that turned my life around into getting into film was my friends and I filmed a Spider-Man 2 parody called Spider-Mike. And it's a, dare I say, nearly feature-length film. It's 55 minutes long. Uh, it has story beats. Um, it's I'm pretty proud of it. It looks like shit because it was filmed on like a like a camcorder from like 1999. Uh, but it, it 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 was it was funny. It had a good time, and that's what kind of set me on the path to making movies. Our follow up to that a couple years later was supposed to be a parody of the Fantastic Four movie called The Familiar Four, and my character that I was going to play was the Johnny Storm knockoff Jimmy Tempest. Ah. And instead of fire powers, I would have water powers. Because Tempest is a synonym of storm. And Jimmy mm. starts with a J, just yep. like Johnny. Yep. I get it. Yep. I love it. I got to be honest with you. Uh, one day I do kind of want to revisit that script for Familiar 4 because there was a lot going on in it. And I'm kind of proud of it. There was like a whole, the whole thing of it was the four characters, the Familiar 4, are nobodies who just stumble into having powers. There's an actual Justice League type group that actually saves people but the bad guys take over the news organization and start feeding propaganda to people and so the big thing is they have to take down this uh, propaganda network because it's taken over the heroes as well and i'm like wow that's apt for today's time so <laughs> are you pitching madison and me right now i know there was a great there was a I we have no money I'm available for a job. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> Dude, we, we had so many ideas because uh, we were trying to figure out, okay, we don't have a budget. How are we going to get these special effects? Because like all the people's powers are similar to the Fantastic Four. I mean, Johnny Storm just threw water because it's easier to make water effects. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we we're going to do a lot of like forced perspective to like get the stretching character, uh, the Reed Richards. I forget what we called him in the movie, but the Reed Richards analog. We were doing like four spec perspectives where it looks like he's reaching his arm, but really it's like four people's arms in different sections <laughs> of the screen. And like we had this shit written down. There was a there was a character, one of the bad guys, there was like four bad guys and one of the bad guys name was Clockwise. And it was this dude, I drew him out. He, he wore a white trench coat with a white fedora. The trench coat sleeves were rolled up to his elbows on both arms. And he had stopwatches 
like all down his arms and he he controlled time so like he had this fight scene where he's like zipping around like punching people and stuff oh man i kind of wish we can go back and revisit it now that i'm talking about it do you have all that information or what do you mean like you have the script and all that stuff i i do somewhere yeah I still have all that stuff because I saved it because we were going to make it. We bought costumes. There's actually a photo of me in the familiar four costume somewhere. And it's literally, <laughs> it's a skin tight blue suit with like dark Navy underpants. So like a cl- <laughs> with like a superhero belt. And then I was wearing like matrix Neo sunglasses. It was really terrible looking. And when we bought those at the target and we were checking out, you know, it's like blue spandex and then like darker blue underwear spandex. Hmm. And I was purchasing it with friend of the show, Phil, because he was part of it. And for whatever reason, when we're buying the, the outfits together at Target, the ch- cashier is this dude. He just kind of like side eyes us. And for whatever f- reason, Phil thought it would be a great idea to go, we're making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like realizes in real time that doesn't make it better. and goes, uh, a superhero movie. And the guy's like, I don't care what you do in your spare time. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Tempest. That poor man at Target. (laughs) Yeah, that guy was not having a good day. But, you know. Do you want the rewards card or not? Listener, if you want to uh, bankroll this this, this parody of Fantastic Four. race Steve on his piton. Or race me on my piton. Do it. Hit him up either way. Please do. That's uh, Steve Tempest on the piton network. I don't know how that works. If you just like a search bar. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. You're putting it out there. I bet you're going to have tons of friends to race. I'm going to get all of one of you, maybe. (laughs) Chris, what have you been streaming? I have streamed a few things. Um, We talked about it last week a little bit, or at least I said that I was excited about it. Um, The Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Madison, have you heard about this? I have heard that. I I saw the trailer for that the other day. So I think... I watched Fear Street 1994. I believe Fear Street 1978, the the second one in the trilogy, is debuting as we speak, because today is July 9th. Um, so you're not going to hear this listener until Monday. So it's already been out a couple of days. I'll probably have watched both by then. Uh, but I really like it. I think it's a, a wonderful homage, uh, to, uh, like nineties slasher flicks and horror films like, like scream and Halloween, uh, the types of horror films that they don't typically make a whole lot of. There's, it looks like the second one is very reminiscent of, uh, Hall- or not Halloween. Uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Cause it's at a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's going to have, um, what is it's her Sadie. name? The actress from Sadie. Yeah. yeah. Slade. Stranger Something Things. Slade, right? I'm so sorry. We it's been so long since our Stranger Things coverage. Uh, and then the first one has Maya Hawk. So her name? Um, gotcha. I, I really enjoy the films. I'm I'm gonna not say a whole lot because I want to watch all three of them and see if it maybe is worth doing a larger segment here on the show. But I would recommend it if you're a horror fan, uh, or if you've been alive longer than 15 years or so, you'll probably get some good nostalgic fun out of it, if nothing else. And those are on Netflix. Netflix, yes. Uh, if nothing else, the shtick of it, you know, being a trilogy filmed all at once and then debuting in the same month uh, is unique and worth talking about here on streaming things, I think. I, I agree. Right. I also watched a movie called The Tomorrow War. I don't oh, no. know what brought me to that. If I did it. It's the new Chris Pratt film. Yeah. Available on Amazon Prime Video. What uh, you you rated this on the Pratt scale. What was the the rating for how Pratty this movie is? Honestly, here's what's funny. This movie is a roller coaster and I I recommend it for that reason. So I I read a bunch of reviews, not the entirety, but the, the headlines of them in advance. And it was saying things like either it seemed polarized, big, dumb, fun and 
big dumb turd was like the, the two <laughs> sides there was no spectrum it was like those are the two opinions Fun and i thought or turd. as many films as i have in my blind spots as, you know there's so much so many landmarks of cinema that i have never laid eyes upon i feel like i should be spending my time doing that so you know i'm not going to do that and then i thought yeah i am uh, <laughs> i don't know why i don't know where my buddy called me and he said dude that is the worst most illogical ending that I have seen in about a year. I mean, it's just the dumbest thing. I, I, I may God have mercy on their souls. And for, I don't know why that's not an endorsement, but I was like, I have to see this in a weird way. Some sick part of me. It was like a, oh, I get it. Yeah. Craning my neck on the freeway when you see a car accident. Right. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I disagree. It is big and dumb. Um, but there's a lot of heart to it. It's, it's highly entertaining. You can't just, you can't deny that it's entertaining. Uh, and yes, the ending is, is, but I, there's a lot of stupid screenwriting choices, but it's like, I don't feel like the writer was like, Oh, this is fucking good. <laughs> like this is a plot. Oh, yeah. Somebody call Shyamalan and show him what I just came up with. It's like, a warn. It takes place tomorrow. <laughs> Nobody at any point thought like, Oh wow, this is going to wow people. It's just, it was big, dumb fun. Like, do you guys know the premise? Yes. Mm, Madison, do you? Not necessarily. So, yeah. I'm going to pitch it to you because the okay. premise itself is going to lose you almost guaranteed. Okay. okay. So there is, uh, it's 2022. Chris Pratt is, is an ex uh, military officer who's now a school teacher and he's trying to get an, into a military job again. He's got a young daughter and he's got a wife. Um, and so, and it's actually, um, the actress from Betty Gilpin. Okay. Betty Gilpin from Glow. Um, so anyway, I'm like, oh, Betty Gilpin said, I'm going to check it out. I like Betty. So what happens is right in the middle of all this normal day-to-day uh, Midwestern stuff, people come from the future and land in the middle of a football field at a high school game. And they say, in 30 years from now, we're in a gigantic war with an alien race and we're losing. And there's only like 400,000 human beings left on earth from what, 8 billion? That's, that's not good. Not good odds, not good numbers. <laughs> so we need your help. We're going to start recruiting you, people from 2022, to come to the future with us and fight with us or else the human race is doomed. Wow. That's the plot of the movie. Huh. Now, if you think about that for more than three seconds, it becomes it immediately sense. idiotic. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's you're just us in the future. We'll just wait here and prepare better. In fact, why don't True. you just bring us info? Yeah. How about all of you come to us and we'll just, you can like, hang out here with us. Like yeah. we, we get that it sucks for you. But you're us. And so if we do things differently, that will never have happened to you because this is how it's like they never watched a time travel movie at all. <laughs> like none of the rules from other time travel Those movies apply. Some people never educated themselves on Back to the Future. None of them have seen it. Um, there's actually a, but the, the, there's some really funny stuff. The reason I tweeted that about the Chris Pratt scale is because it's not even peak Chris Pratt. Like he's completely phoning it in. He looked like it from the trailers. There's like some charm to it, but it's definitely not Guardians Pratt. It's like uh, Republican Twitter Pratt, like where oh, he, no. <laughs> like oh, the no. morning after, and he's reading dun, his own dun, tweets dun. when he sobers up, and then he got called in to shoot that day. It's that Pratt, uh, but everyone else, like J.K. Simmons, 
is fucking 10 out of 10 J.K. Simmons. He's been pumping the iron. He's got a giant beard. He's a horrifying he's got a 50 caliber. He's got a 50 caliber sniper rifle. Uh, well, now I'm in. If you just like had now that I'm on intrigued. the posters, like here's yes. J.K. Simmons with a 50 caliber sniper <laughs> rifle. It's like, sign me up. I don't need to hear the plot. Exactly. What's there's, it called? Tomorrow War? I don't give a shit. Let me show it. Yeah, these it. aliens can withstand like hundreds of bullets being barraged at them. Um, but there's a character who's cowardly throughout the film that has a turn and picks up a chainsaw. Uh, and that's where I looked at my friend who was watching it for the second time with me for fun. And I said, I actually love this movie. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars and letterboxed. And then when he picked up the chainsaw, I opened my phone again before it was over. I knew it was one and a half. Right. But he picks up the chainsaw and I'm like, two and a half for sure. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, so it's at least another star. I mean, it's free if, you know, everybody's got Amazon Prime. Bezos won the war. So he's going to space. Now. I would recommend if you're bored, check it out. Sam Richardson is the name of the character I was talking about that held the whole thing together. Off air. I am going to ask you to spoil something for me in that movie. I would be I feel too. like I wanted to say more, but I don't. We're not. We're I feel not, like there's a tomorrow war in that movie, and I feel like I know what the twist is a mile away. I would love it okay. if you ask me that later. Just don't forget to remind me. Okay, um, Siri, remind me in two hours <laughs> to ask Chris about Tomorrow Wars. That's all I've been watching. I don't have anything else that all I want right. to talk about this week. So that brings us to check the gate. <laughs> All right, there's two pieces of news. First off, for new listeners, Check the Gate is a segment where we here at Streaming Things bring you all the hottest, freshest, steamiest takes in film and TV news that you can get literally anywhere else. You heard it here third. (laughs) That's what we do. We offer a service here at Streaming Things. But I've got two pieces of news that are very dear to my heart. Um, First, Madison, are you a fan of... Um, the the X-Men films. Is it bad to say if I am? No, I just wanted to know. <laughs> okay, yeah, I am. I'm a huge fan. Right, so, right so now. ha. Uh, <laughs> no. Like X2, when I was a kid, was one of the... Oh, hello. Oh, hello. They love X-Men as well. Uh, that's like, yeah, one, X2, baby, woo! Yeah. That's one of my, like, I don't know, most fond movie theater going experiences of my childhood was that opening sequence to X2 with like 13 of my high school friends. Um, I love those films. And I specifically thought that Hugh Jackman's portrayal of Wolverine was spot on pitch perfect and a huge part of my life. I mean, he played that that role for what, 15, 16 years. Um, Also, Logan, uh, James Mangold's film recently saying goodbye to Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier and Hugh Jackman as Logan Mm -hmm. uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wonderfully done. So, are you guys hip to Hugh Jackman's Twitter feed? I I don't follow him. No. I do not follow him. So either. a few days ago, he tweeted paradoxically, just a disembodied arm with Wolverine's claws, like a severed arm. Nah, it was more like a graphic design. Oh, okay. right. Mm. Uh, that would be worse, right? Like I killed him. No, no, no. I said that wrong. Uh, not dismembered, disembodied. Okay. It's floating. All right. Uh, anyway, Wolverine's claws. He tweeted Wolverine's claws. And then a photo of him like arm over arm with Kevin Feige. And that's all. It didn't, it didn't say anything else. So the internet lost its mind. Like what the fuck is Hugh Jackman coming back Is Wolverine and in an MCU style wow it's big news and i'm very excited because as as much as i understand his want to do other roles because he's a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. um like prisoners things like that i mean mm-hmm. we need oh, more yeah. of that shit uh greatest showman he's a good singer 
Um, we could do a musical X-Men. Um, <laughs> as much as I, I love the, the send-off that they had with that character, um, it's really sad that they finally have the ability to bring the X-Men universe into the MCU as a whole. And then we don't get... Um, like Michael Fassbender's Magneto necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't get Anna Paquin's Rogue. We don't get Hugh Jackman's fucking Wolverine. Like the idea of someone else. Ian, Ian McKellen's Magneto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the idea of someone else playing Wolverine is just like sacrilege to me. So yeah. I'm like really I, torn I on that. I feel sorry for whoever eventually does yeah. that because that's going to happen eventually and I feel so sorry for whoever does. Like I, I, you asked if it was okay that you like them. When I'm watching Logan and there's the scene toward the third, the end of the third act where he you know, shoots up all this steroids and he goes <laughs> like comic book Wolverine and mm-hmm. like this berserker rage. Yeah. I started bawling uncontrollably. And I didn't expect that. Like, it wasn't right. like, you know, in a movie where you see it coming and you start to well up and you're like, ah, score, you got me. I'm, I'm feeling things. Yeah. It was out of nowhere. And I just kind of, I don't even know why it happened. But looking back, I, I'm like, I think, fuck, like I've had this guy in my life for almost two decades as this man who I adore. Um, and now there it is. Just perfect. Like, that's it. Uh, anyway, so I hope it happens. I hope so too. The because, like you said, it's so unfortunate. Fox was the previous owners. Well, like Disney owns Fox now. Yeah, but uh, they were the ones that were kind of the stewards of the X Men ship. Yes, and Sony was Spider Man. Right. They yeah, they were batting like fifty percent with their yeah. X Men films because it seemed like there'd be like a really really amazing X Men, and then the next one was really really bad. Yeah. I actually love Days of Future Past oh, in yeah. First Class a lot. First Class is great. Days of Future Past is great. X2, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, Logan, fantastic. But then for every one of those movies, you get Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Last uh, Stand. Phoenix. Last I didn't Stand. even watch Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. I didn't either. Like, everyone says that's, like, the worst of the bunch. So It can't if, be worse than Last Stand. If it's worse than Apocalypse and Last Stand, it's like, I, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, full disclosure, I did pop at that line when I <laughs> because I was a very big uh, huge fan of the meme that that comes from yes that was I mean that's an iconic you know early internet fan made video that was just so funny at the time <laughs> but uh I, Finney Jones was a really weird cast choice for <laughs> for the juggernaut yes yeah. but it was like Guy Ritchie popped in and directed a few scenes yeah <laughs> And we're going to steal the diamonds, bitch. But no, um, I'm I'm very curious to see how they, int- like, you have to bring the X-Men into the MCU universe. And I would be really excited if they brought Hugh Jackman in. But also there's a part of me that's kind of like, you know, I think it would be really cool to see how they transition that character into someone else. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. At the very least, I want like a first class style cameo yes with him like where he's smoking the cigar in the bar and that was like a funny thing something like that yeah like maybe young wolverine bumps into him or something and he's like there's a funny exchange i don't care kevin feige's really good at that shit yeah give me that at least right oh yeah um i don't know why but i really want to see hugh jackman's wolverine interact with tom holland's spider-man jix's wolverine and spider-man were always a fun little pairing to put together and it's like you got hugh jackman like hey bub i'm wolverine and then you got tom holland's like hello mr wolverine sir (laughs) i'm here (laughs) being a spider-man why is 
<laughs> Why does your Spider-Man rendition sounds like a character from a, a Charles Dickens novel? That's more my impersonation of uh, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. <laughs> I need more soup. Hello, sir. Wolverine. Hello. I'm a very big man. <laughs> Have you seen on interviews with him that he sometimes talks in an American accent because he's so used to it? When it, oh, really? Like he's not being asked to talk in an American accent. He just is. <laughs> he's an art national treasure and he's not even from our nation. Yeah, uh, I love Tom Holland. Yeah, his uh, Rihanna dance number. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, made the goodness. round since 2011. I think oh, yeah. you just saw that recently, right? I just saw right? it recently for the first time. Like, Mind-blowing, right? Ago. It blew my fucking If you're ever having ears. a bad day, just pop that on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, wow. It's so good. Chef kiss. Very so, so the next bit of news. Are you guys fans of the uh, The Witcher show on Netflix? I've been known to toss a coin to my Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first episode and then I couldn't get into it. I, I highly recommend, because I know what you're saying, we talked about Shadow and Bone earlier, and you were mm-hmm. like, delving into a whole different universe uh, is very difficult to do at times. Yes. Um, do, are, do you play video games at all? I do. Did you play The Witcher 3? I did not. Also highly recommend that if you're into open I'm, world. I, I love The Witcher 3. It's my favorite games ever. It's. Do you have, I'm assuming there's Witcher 1 and Witcher 2. No. There is. I've no. never played Witcher 1 or 2. Witcher 3 was the first Witcher I've ever played, and I... It's so good. They're I'm more so of a fan different. of the game than the show, quite honestly, but the show is very, very faithful, I think, for the most part. Yes. So both the game and the show are based on um, uh, a series of books mm-hmm. um, from they're like international books translated to English, but they're mostly short stories that are okay. all kind of haphazard. So a lot of it is whole cloth. Just they took the universe and the characters and ran with it for both the game and the shows. So you don't have to go in knowing any of the extra, you know, ancillary source material or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, the, now, the season one of The Witcher is clunky at times because she plays loot fast and loose with timelines, mm-hmm. which might make it a little more enjoyable for you if you know that, like, hey, a lot of the scenes that you're watching are taking place 10 years before some of the other scenes you're watching. Mm-hmm. And those that doesn't become clear until, you know, by episode seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Right. So it's kind of like Westworld in that way. Gotcha. Um, but I love that show. I think Henry Cavill's... Um, iteration of the witcher is spot on um and i'm absolutely i've been hanging on with bated breath for season two for so long and they just announced uh this new thing called witcher con mm-hmm. uh so they they released like a two-minute teaser on the witcher season two and it's going to debut on december 17th of 2021 Ooh, that's because due to covid we, none of us knew when season two was going to happen so I mean, it came out december was 2019 right I, yeah it was over two years ago i remember it came out like almost the week after Game of Thrones ended, I do remember that. Yeah, and it was like a really good like balm. Yeah, for me. <laughs> See, I remember because of that, I was like turned off. You were by just it. like, I don't, no more swords. And, yeah. And, and well, naked and it's people. not even that. It's just I think. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'm sure people. everyone's opinion on the end of Game of Thrones is hoping similar but i was very much so like i need a break from that i time. thought it ended great i mean would anybody else think differently <laughs> no, what happened i heard i heard i'm on season two i love it no okay my daughter khaleesi's excited to watch it oh, oh, my God. oh <laughs> gotta sit down <laughs> there are so many children named daenerys oh. have you seen those figures yeah yeah, yeah. bad news bears but um but when I started to watch it, I was just kind of like, okay, my brain needs a break. And I I was going to revisit it later on, but I never got the chance to. So maybe now's the time. Yeah, I mean, if you like sword and sorcery fantasy, which it sounds like you do, mm-hmm. um, I would highly recommend it. Because, I mean, I'm a huge nerd from way back. Like everybody that listens to the show knows 
reading those giant tomes and like staring at the world maps and looking at all the little cities and shit. Mm -hmm. Like I spent a lot of time doing that as a kid. Um, so I was really excited and it's really hard to pull off. A lot of them seem clunky and hokey when you put them into a TV or film format. Um, a few things have nailed it. Lord of the Rings fucking nailed it. Right. Um, Game of Thrones for most of its run nailed it. Yeah. And I think the Witcher nails it. I'm really excited um, to see what they're going to do for season two. And that's all the news I have this week for check the gate, which brings us finally to our review of Black Widow. We have unfinished business. We have to go back to where it all started. Lucky us. One thing's for sure. It's gonna be a hell of a reunion. That was from the trailer for Black Widow, and uh, I believe we all saw it uh, Thursday night. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good we did. Old Eleven p.m. Whoa, you went with the late viewing. I did. I worked. I worked until ten thirty, and I was meeting a group of friends at eleven o'clock. Just Rushed a- right over. AMC right up down the street. Uh, Cinemark in Florence. Oh, okay. My old stomping ground. Hello. Mm-hmm. Is it the the rave? We used to be rave. Is yeah. it still rave? rave? Yep. No, it's Cinemark now. Really? Rave doesn't exist because those people are fucking idiots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's Steve cast for another time. Steve has a feeling about it. I actually really like that theater. I think it's well made. It is. Oh, I just don't around, make it out that way. It's been around for a while. Now I'm an AMC Stubbs A-lister, so I will never go yeah. anywhere else because <laughs> yeah, I realized what a hooting deal that is. Isn't it great to be a, an AMC a, a Stub A-lister and just kind of like better to be able to say it at the at the at the plebs that aren't and you're just like, <laughs> yes. oh, look at you having to wait in a normal line while I get uh, to go into the VIP line. Wow. Because mm-hmm. you get to see three films a week for twenty dollars a month. Wow. That's yeah. a steal. Huh. And you get special lines and deals on popcorn yeah. and things like that. Like a free upgrade to a large because I'm an A-lister. Wow. It was actually funny because last night was my first A-list experience and there was, it's still during COVID. So there's not a whole lot of people there. And I'm like, watch this, Steve. And I get in the private A-list line, but there's also no one in line for the regular <laughs> lines. But I just refuse to, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Make way for the A-lister, but no I'm one was around. stand with these peasant people. <laughs> yes. Even though it's actually costing me less money, which is why I did this. AMC, the check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, right. So we'll start with overall thoughts, starting with Madison on Black Widow. So if you haven't seen the film yet, don't run and hide quite yet. We're not going to spoil anything. And we'll have a special bumper for that. But I would, I would expect most of our listeners have seen it. This is a big post-COVID-ish release, right? Like probably the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they brought cool. in like 14, 14 million or something over the, the first oh, day, wow. which is yeah. huge for nowadays. I mean, we've gone to the movie theater a couple times now. And this yeah. is definitely the most full of theaters. Yeah. Been. Even, it was way fuller than even Fast 9. Even at 11 p.m., it was quite full for a Thursday night. I was quite impressed to see how many people were there. Um, but it, it was my second experience in, in a movie theater, I went and saw A Quiet Place too. Yay! So um, and so this was kind of my second movie experience in COVID. Um, but it was also like my first, I guess you could say, big Marvel experience. I mean, yeah, big Marvel experience in the theater again, like a big action-packed movie. Yeah. And um, I first impression of it overall, I was blown away i was i absolutely loved this movie it was so fun i was so engaged throughout the whole movie um the whole atmosphere of the theater and the whole atmosphere that the movie created in the theater was so like exciting and liberating and 
it was also like really more funny than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. very, very comedy heavy, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, it was a very good movie. Highly recommend going to see it. Awesome. Steve, what were your thoughts on Black Widow? Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, I think I'm going to be the a little bit of an outlier on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rate this movie a solid C+. Plus. Mm. Um, it has an incredible foundation. The cast is great. Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, uh, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz. The core four are so good. And the, the comedy, like a lot of people are kind of hit or miss on Marvel movies comedy. I think this is generally the funniest Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Other than like Thor Ragnarok or something mm-hmm. like sure. all the jokes yeah. land, at least for me. Um, the problem I have with the movie is that I really think there was a severe lack of uh, editing. There, there are mm. some really rough transitions between scenes. It's like they have these really good scenes, but they don't know how quite to get to them. So they have really quick like establishing shot, establish shot, establish shot, establish shot. Okay, we're here. And it's like, okay, I I don't know why I don't, there's a weird flow to the movie from scene to scene. Uh, the other thing is the action scenes, I think lack in certain departments. There's one scene in particular. That's really, really great. It stands out. And I think we'll get to it in the spoiler. Uh, Cause Chris, you and I were talking about how awesome the scene was, but every other action scene, I felt like there is no tension in them. And that's not because like, I've seen a lot of people like criticize like, well, this movie should have been made in 2016 when, you know, right after civil war, which this film takes place after. And it's like, well, yeah, (laughs) duh. Yeah. Um, But this isn't a perfect world. And we all should be incredibly happy that this movie has been made because it's about damn time that they make a black widow movie. Um, My problem with it is, is like I said, I feel like there's no real suspense in any of the scenes, not because I know what happens to Black Widow, but just because I don't feel like they're directed very what well. What happens? <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> is she, is she mm. <laughs> um, No, there's just, I feel like there's no suspense built up in a lot of the action scenes. They're just kind of there. There's like a lot of shit going on. But then at the end of the day, I, like, I don't really feel anything. And then especially in the third half when they're like, I think there's four different planes of ha- of action happening concurrently. And the way they're edited together is just so haphazard and slapped together. And you cut to like a very dramatic ex- exposition scene in the middle of um, in the middle of them all. I just don't feel like it flows very well. And, in, and I think that's why I, I knock it down to a C plus is because I'm so frustrated in that because I feel like this is an A plus 10 out of 10 movie for me that is held back um, by uh weird editing decisions and some poor directing decisions. Um, But overall, I think it's definitely worth your time. Like I said, we should all be incredibly happy that Black Widow as a movie exists because I really do love that character. And Scarlett Johansson has been just a standout in the series for well over a decade at this point now. Mm -hmm. Iron Man 2 was 2010, something like that. but she's been a standout for so long and the fact that she's just now getting her own standalone movie is such a crime in and of itself but thankfully it's been made thankfully not only is scar scarjo there to kind of really shine and prove why she's been such a mainstay of the, of the franchise but also we get florence Pugh, who's just a revelation in this movie she's so damn good and oh yeah david harbour is so funny in the movie i mean do you like stranger things david harbour you're gonna like uh, Black Widow, David Harbour, you know, and Rachel Weiss, you know, what can I say about Rachel Weiss? It hasn't been said about her. She is a national treasure. The woman is great. Yeah. So yeah, go see the movie. I, I, I'm frustrated with certain parts of it, but overall I think it's good. Chris. Well, I'm trying to take it all in. I don't think I have ever disagreed with Steve more 
on the, in the history of the show that we've been doing for like what, four years now off and on something like that. Um, and in one sense, like obviously we both agree that the movie's worth seeing. He hated the movie. He doesn't <laughs> believe Black Widow should have gotten one. <laughs> I've never disagreed with Steve Moore. She doesn't deserve her own movie. No, that's not true. Don't soundbite that. Um, I adore this movie, and there's a lot of recency bias in my assessment, perhaps. But I think, for me, this movie ranks with, this is top-tier MCU for me. I think it's right up there with uh, Infinity War, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, Civil War, um, and Thor Ragnarok, like it is up there with the best of the best for me. In fact, this movie was written by Eric Pearson, who wrote Thor Ragnarok, which is probably why it's so damn funny, uh, and directed by Kate Shortland. Um, I was blown away by this movie. I knew I was going to be entertained just because of how much I love David Harbour and Florence Pugh. Um, I actually think that Rachel Weiss was criminally underused and probably oh, I agree. was I agree probably well. one of the worst parts of the movie for me, just because I know what she's capable of. And I was like, oh, come on. I agree. Um, I didn't notice any kind of editing quibbles or anything like that. But I mean, you're a, a film editor. I mean, so things like that stand out to you more. I thought that the score was uh, especially impressive. I know mm-hmm. Andy, were he here, um, had a lot to say about how wonderful the score was. Um, but I think that there is an emotional core to this movie that most of the MCU is actually missing, like as entertaining as they are. And, you know, as, as much as we love the characters, like the, the thematic elements within each film in and of itself never rise up to meet what this film does, except in instances like, um, uh, winter soldier or black Panther, or, you know, there's, those are isolated films that have like their own pathos or whatever, not to get too pretentious. Um, that I think I was really like leaning forward, like, Oh shit. Like I deeply care about these women and like what they're going through. And I thought that the violence, uh, in this movie was grittier and uh, more real than anything Marvel's ever tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't talk about two, but there's a scene where some of the characters fight and they're like heads are slamming into cabinets and through tables in a way that felt, and then you see bruises and you know what I mean? Like it felt so real. I was like, Oh, Disney trying to do some shit. Was it? Oh, Disney. It was very like oh, atomic snap. blonde, like David Leitch out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Oh, Disney. Uh, and I wish they had gone further with that, but I'm aware in that, corporate algorithm they just literally can't um but anyway that's all my overall thoughts i absolutely love this fucking movie i think Mm -hmm. it's one of the best in the mcu let's move into spoilers right now you are entering spoiler territory you're bullshit so for those that don't know Actually, that's not true. None of you don't know because you're in the spoiler territory now, right? So we finally get, and, and that's another thing I wanted to point out real quick too. So Steve was talking about like the no shit people. That's one of my only criticisms <laughs> is that had this movie come out, I'm sorry, had this movie come out in 2017, it would be absolutely perfect. And it's so frustrating that it isn't now. Like all of the stakes and uh, everything that thematically that it builds up I to. I don't agree with that. I don't either. I'm happy. Really? I'm happy it came out post Endgame. I mean, obviously, it would have been a lot nicer to have it, you know, because Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, deserved a movie a lot sooner, in my personal opinion. But I think the arc of her character with this movie specifically, the ending, the end scene, and you think that scene, it's it's knowing how it ends, it, yes, it has more meaning. It's interesting. I think I think so because ultimately, it kind of reminded me of Rogue One in a way mm-hmm. from Star Wars because Ooh. I was like. 
we know the ending of that movie. Mm-hmm. We, we, and it is not good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> well I think it was just more or less like it kind of kept me on my toes. Cause I was like, we haven't seen Florence Pugh post, you know, we, we didn't see her in infinity where we didn't see her in Endgame, nor did we see David Harbour and Rachel wise, but it's like, what is, what are the fate of these characters? Like, mm. where is this going? And I liked that there wasn't necessarily like, I don't know. There wasn't so much of an expectation for these characters. It was just like, this is Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow's story. And that's the focus of it. And I liked that it wasn't jaded by what is, how does this movie tie into Infinity War? How does this movie tie into the end for Endgame and like Avengers? That's what I liked about it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a fair argument. Um, Also, I think this movie, uh, there's a big subplot in the movie that kind of deals with, um, uh, human trafficking and like the the Me Too movement as well. There's mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, I'm pretty sure Ray Winstone is supposed to be a mix of Harvey Weinstein and Isaac Perlmutter, uh, all in one. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, some people might think this is a little too heavy handed, but I, I think it's great. But I, I don't think you would have gotten the the weight of those characters if that those, those real life events had not happened. I don't sure. think that happened. Uh, you know, that obviously that didn't happen before 2016. Also, I mean, this movie's already being compared heavily to Winter Soldier, that it's like the same story beats mm-hmm. as Winter Soldier. Hmm. Um, same similar action scenes, like the the shot of Taskmaster shooting the arrow underneath the van and blowing it up is almost exactly identical to Bucky shooting his little bomb under Nick Fury's car. Bucky's little bomb. Bucky's little bomb. And so I think if that movie came out shortly after so um Winter Soldier, excuse me. If this movie had come out shortly after that, I think a lot of people would have picked it apart even more for mm-hmm. the similarities. Because, and I don't think those similarities are necessarily fair, but I think because there's a little bit of room between these movies, it allows people to kind of forget mm-hmm. that they are a little similar. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong no. with that, like the no. Seinfeld refrain. Um, <laughs> What's I, the deal with this movie? So, I, Madison, let's start with you. I mean, is there anything? in particular that you want to highlight now that we're in spoiler territory about what you enjoyed so much or. Um, I think my kind of like what I said before, my biggest surprise was how funny it was. I wasn't expecting it to be, especially with Florence Pugh. Yeah. Her specifically. I, I was, was shocked. So good. I was, cause again, I, I wanted to have, I don't want to say low expectations, but I didn't want to fill my head with so much. Cause I feel like that's what people did with WandaVision. And that's like a whole other thing. But like, I feel like people had such like, Ooh, what does this thing mean? What does this mean? And I was just kind of like, I just want to like take it for what it is. And I feel like listening to like Florence Pugh and um, Scarlett Johansson, like chemistry on screen, that in particular made the movie for me. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I couldn't help but feel like I was comparing this movie to Captain Marvel um, in a sense that, because I feel like, I know Steve, you mentioned kind of like the Me Too feminist movement, that type of thing. And I feel like, where the Captain Marvel movie missed out on a lot of those marks, in my personal opinion. Um, I feel like a lot of the commentary and and the comments about that um, were a little too on the nose and a little too, like, forced on Mm -hmm. the audience, where I felt like in Black Widow it was insanely fluid and it went perfectly well with the movie. Um, So I guess that's, yeah. There is one really bad on the nose line that I think is just a bad line in general. Oh, really? It's the Ray Winstone's like big thing at the end of the movie. It's like, it's the one resource that the world has too much of girls. And like, I think that line would be better if he just added little girls. I don't know why. There's something weird about like the one resource girls. (laughs) I I don't know. I didn't take it that way. I, I think, 
and again, it's not for me to speak. I also identify as a man, right? So it's just like, what can I really say about how it hit me that's going to carry any weight? But I mean, it it didn't seem very hokey to me, especially in the the set piece that it was in. There was a lot going on, A mm-hmm. and B. It's right after she had slammed her face down to yeah. break her own nose, which again, for for Disney, I was like, okay. That moment in particular, I just remember because it was me and two other women with me. And I just remember we both were like, oh my God, like that was insane. And kind of like what you said about how it was a lot more like, I don't know, raw violence. Yeah. And I felt that throughout the whole movie, especially the scene when um, you especially when um, Florence Pugh's character and Scarlett Johansson, they meet in yes. the room. That's and they're the like, one I was talking about. Tossing each other around. And yeah. like, they are like, it was kind of painful to watch, but also it was so exhilarating. Cause you're just like, wow, like that is so real. So raw. Yeah. That's um, the action scene I was talking about that. I felt like actually was great. Yeah. Cause there's one point where ScarJo flips Pew or maybe vice versa, like into the door and it just yeah. <laughs> looks so brutal. It looks so yeah. painful. And, and it, yeah. that scene does a lot. I need a Tylenol watching that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man. It's entertaining. It's grounded and gritty, but at the same time, it also does a lot to establish, um, you know, uh, Yelena, as a force to be reckoned with because we know what Natasha can do mm-hmm. um, as, you know, as a fighter, you know, she runs with the Avengers, right? She's an Avenger. Um, and she, Jelena holds her ground, right? They end up in a sort of a stalemate, um, sort of. I mean, I feel like Natasha had the the, the upper hand on the, mm-hmm. the choking she at the end. She has experience. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> She's wizened. Also, I know we're going to be jumping around a lot. I apologize in advance, or at least I'm going to be. I wanted to see if you guys picked up on a few things that might not actually be there that I think they're trying to do, or maybe it's obvious. Um, but th- at the end when she smashes her nose and she says, um, something that I forget that's in reference to the nerve. No, th- she says something like, thanks for your cooperation, which yeah. is in reference to for her, Loki. uh, interview with Loki when she was interrogating him, trying to figure out, um, what his play was. I yeah, like that's her move, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then also when she's tied to the chair, when we first see her character yeah. um, and she pretends to be getting beat up, you know, so that that kind of shit. They, they did a lot of that throughout mm-hmm. this film in, in order to kind of send send her off. And I really appreciated that. There was also a few nods. Those are pretty subtle, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was well done about it. It wasn't like on the nose, like. I don't know what would be. I can't even think of an example of what something on the nose would it be. It wasn't on the nose because they severed the nerve. <laughs> but ah, yes. Wow. The new balances are coming running. Ah. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of references to Budapest, um, which is in reference to her oh, conversation. You're it correctly now. Yes. I, I started to since last night. Uh, <laughs> are you sure it's not Budapest? Because her and Hawkeye have uh, this little interchange and I forget which film, um, but it's like, that's not how it's, I remember Budapest. It's several films, I think. I yeah. Think so they keep yeah. I think it starts it. in the first Avengers movie, but mm-hmm. they, they, they make reference to it all the time. Yeah. That was cool to see when they were up in the, up in the vent hiding from, I forget what the, the villain's name. Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Master, and you can see like the tic tac toe marks. Yeah, and um, that looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was I don't know. It's it's cool because I don't know if we'll ever get that story on film. What actually happened in Budapest? But it's cool to have that whole instance be an event in the Marvel universe. Yeah, but felt, we actually don't know. It what felt happened. so lived in instead of. Well, wasn't it the her blowing up uh, Ray Winston and his daughter? Wasn't that the Budapest job? And then they like ran and hid. That wasn't that. 
I guess, but yeah. That's the sense that I got. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't really see it. You just see her yeah. looking out the window as mm-hmm. the building blows up, and then you then it's alluded to their hijinks yeah. over the course of mm-hmm. a, a, several days hiding from the law. Yeah. It was, it was also really cool. At some point, like right in the beginning of the second act, we get um, Natasha with a box of blonde hair dye, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like smirking, like, okay. And then she doesn't use it, right? She's got the red hair for the rest of the film until the very end right. um which of course she has the blonde hair throughout infinity war and endgame so um just little things like that that i thought were really well done um that brought me some joy but didn't take away from the current story i was watching at all it wasn't too ham-fisted or anything like that so um anyway what do you guys think of the opening sequence of when they were kids and loved it yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed that um funny story about my theater experience because uh chris and i chris andy and i were in the same showing mm-hmm. but i had already had tickets with other his friends. entourage uh. my entourage yeah my my a-lister entourage we all got our <laughs> tickets together amc check us in the mail oh. <laughs> uh so we were sitting far away from each other so you guys didn't hear what i heard and i and vice versa because you guys also had some crazy people yeah talking. we sat we're next to some idiots so the the opening scene it's um natasha What's what's Florence Pugh's character's name? Yelena. Yelena. It's them as young girls, and it has like this big like splash, like Ohio, nineteen ninety, yeah. whatever. And because you know we live in Kentucky, but the AMC that we see is literally across the river from Ohio. So a lot of people who live in Ohio go to the AMC because uh, you literally leave that theater and you can see Ohio. So when that splash came up, a lot of people were like, "Oh, Ohio, from there!" And there was like this big kerfuffle about that reveal. And then like, like a pregnant pause after everyone died down, I just heard this guy behind me go like, I mean, we're in Kentucky, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, God, I miss movie theaters. <laughs> just that dude was like not impressed by everyone freaking out about it. Like, okay, idiots. <laughs> yeah, I thought that whole opening set piece was wonderfully done um, because I didn't, I don't, I'm not an avid comic book reader, like superhero comic book reader. So I don't know truly like the, the backstory of black widow. Mm-hmm. I have no history to like or dislike with this iteration of taskmaster. So I'm just like completely confused and, and engrossed. Like, okay, what is this? Obviously that's Natasha. Uh, who is that? I guess that's Florence Pugh later. Like I'm piecing it all together. Yeah. And I thought it was like this wonderfully contained, like little spy thriller short film. Until uh, you see that David Harbour has superpowers at one point, and he flips a car over, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just like hanging on a plane as it takes off. But I thought that was really well done because yeah. I'm kind of confused at what's going on. Um, it's very uh, the Americans, but yeah, mm-hmm. the absolutely. Universe. But that, that there's a part where he comes in and she's like, already? And you can see that Natasha, as an older child, can remember the Red Room. And so she doesn't want to leave. She's enjoyed this normal life. And um, the youngest daughter, Yelena, has no idea. Right. So she's like, what's going on? Yeah, adventure. Um, and Play I, my song. It's really well yeah. done. Those those actresses, by the way, um, young Natasha was played by Ever Anderson and um, Violet McGraw. What they were in a, the haunting of Hill House. One or the one the young Violet one. was. Yes, yeah. she was Nell. Young. Nell. Oh, yeah. Yep. Really, really good performances from mm-hmm. from the tots. I thought, yes, yeah that that opening scene because um, it, it really does establish the the family connection, mm-hmm. which I think was 
to establish it that early was genius because going into this movie, I kept thinking like, we don't know these people. How are they going to pull this off? Uh, Natasha has a family this whole time. And that scene yeah. really just kind of like really solidify it quickly. And then the the ensuing action scene that's like on the plane. There actually was suspense in that one. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked how that played out. Um, there's only one criticism I have in hindsight is in that opening scene. You don't get a feel i feel like you don't really truly get a feel for who david harbour's character is Mm -hmm. because in that opening scene it's like david harbour like i love my daughters hey let's go and then the next time you see him is like i'm stupid and selfish and i'm not at all what you saw i kind of i see what you're saying and you're probably right but i kind of liked that because there's this point where they get off the plane um, uh, Melina's character is being carted off on a oh, gurney. Uh, Melina's being carted off on a gurney with a gunshot wound. There's all these like Russian slash Sokovian soldiers or whatever. And I'm really confused at this point. Right. Um, and it, it helps that like the casting was perfect because not only David Harbour is known as Hap, right? He's this Hap. very lovable, good man, right? Mm-hmm. Salt of the earth kind of guy. That's how I see him. And so it was very easy to see him as a good father and loving husband. The mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he doesn't care about his injured quote unquote wife at all. He's not consoling his children at all. He's walking right up to the general guy who's French from the departed. And I'm like, what the fuck? And (laughs) and he's like, what's up? Clap, clap, smile. And I'm like, no, your wife's really injured. What your children are crying uncontrolled. What's going on? Right. Like I was so confused and disconcerted. Yeah. And I didn't piece that in until like 20 minutes after we reintroduced, reintroduced the character later. Uh, and I kind of like that. Like what? Cause I kind of, did you guys have that sense at all? It's just vaguely like, why is he so happy? Oh, she'll be fine. She's a strong woman. You know, like, yeah. and I'm just like, that's not well, what a loving husband would do. I actually read that as like, he's just being a professional. Like this is, yeah. I'm f- completing my mission we're we're safe now and because then he turns and he has that like my girls are so strong and and i felt like he really cared about them in that moment so like when you fast forward in the future it was like oh well this is such a whiplash yeah his character for me not mickey work from iron man 2 yeah (laughs) his character for me because like when that happened and they separated when they were younger and then when they revisited and he kept like because uh yelena was like you keep talking about yourself and natasha was like why would you know, you haven't seen me in so long, but yet you're going to ask me about you. Like, it's just, I was, I was hopeful that he would come around and he eventually did, but his relationship with Melina kind of was, I was just like, were they in love with each other? Cause like, Oh, there was definitely something going well, on. Yeah, there was, but it was also <laughs> like, he was so distant at the beginning and I was like, Oh, this, they're not going to have that like fatherly love that they were hoping for. But then, it, it got better towards the end, which yeah. I was happy about. So. There was actually a choice um, that they made when they're in the third act and, and Red Guardian's actually in prison. He thinks he's not hip to the plan. So he's locked in the cage next to um, who he thinks is, is confusing to say, but he's who he thinks is Natasha, but it's actually Melina. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to give that like big, I'm the man, I'm the star actor of this. So I get to have this reconciliation speech mm-hmm. uh, for being a piece of shit my entire life. And they cut it off and he's not privy to this escape plan at all. The women have taken charge of it. And it's like, she didn't hear you. Sorry. And he's like, oh, shit, I was doing the thing with like, uh, you know, <laughs> and then later he tries to say it again. He's like, you don't have an earpiece. And why not? So he they 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 don't allow him to have the satisfaction of like his yeah. big salve Exit, apology. Yeah. 
And then at the end, when he finally gets the opportunity, he was like, I would just mess it up. Right. So I love that, that they chose like, mm-hmm. fuck him. You don't get to like feel yeah. better. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like, I just really enjoyed that. I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. No, I, I like that. I still think he got to feel better because there was a mutual. Sure. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like he yeah. didn't get spotlight out of it. It's yeah. just like you, you don't get like cookies up. for this, yeah, you know, up. for finally doing the, the nice thing or cookies? the normal thing. Right. <laughs> what? I just got out of prison. I have lots of energy. Uh, but, such um, a funny movie. But you mentioned um, in the non-spoiler that they underused Rachel Wise. And I, I mm-hmm. agree with that. And I think too, cause I, I saw it in like Natasha getting back together with her family, you know, reconnecting with Yelena and then breaking um, Alexi. Is that David Harbour's? Yes. Character? breaking David Harper out of jail. And then I felt like the, the meeting of the mom was kind of Rachel Wise's character was just kind of, it was so like simply like, we're just going to walk to her house. And there's like a part of me that's like, she's a black widow. Like she is a secret agent. Like why was that so quote unquote easy for them to do? Even though she did quote unquote, double cross them and call the, she like double, double crossed. Yeah. That was the only part of the script that I completely forgave based on how good that action set piece was and how much I was enjoying myself overall. But that was the clunkiest part of the script for me. Which yes. was the whole one, as soon as Melina's introduced mm-hmm. and then Rachel Vice, I'm not like they're using about 50% of her acting talent with the, mm-hmm. the lines that they gave her. And then how they just kind of wrapped up that she did love her daughters and she's part of this plan. And that whole plan itself was very like, I didn't know they had that face technology. What the mm-hmm. fuck's going on right now? Okay. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I'm I, in. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. I really am not a big fan of the last act uh, just because they do introduce a lot of stuff that they don't set up at all. It's it. And it seems like they did it three times where it's like, I have this control over you. No, you don't. Why? Well, oh, the pheromone fl- stuff. Here, here's a flashback to a, the closet that we didn't see earlier. Right. Okay, cool. And then they do it again. Like, ah, I can do this with my face. Uh, well, no, you can't. Here's a flashback from, tw- and it's like, stop going back yeah. to that closet and just don't do this. And the, uh, yeah, you introduce the, the pheromone is- thing and the fact that you've already subverted it. I you know, never, like, I never, I never in my life again want to hear the term pheromone lock. Every time I said it, I was like, "Ew, stop it!" Uh, which, I, which is probably the the point because again, Ray Winstone is clearly supposed to be Harvey Weinstein slash Isaac right. Perlmutter, and uh, that the pheromone lock is definitely something that a gross man would yeah. do. And but every time they said, I was like, gross. Like he's like. <laughs> whenever you smell me you cannot hurt me when you smell me like, stop saying smell me in Russian it's so mm. nasty <laughs> but like I, I just did not like how they just introduced all these wild concepts like they introduced the Mission Impossible face mask yeah. thing which well, did they do that in any that of the was, other movies yes, I couldn't remember Black Widow used that in I forget what movie specifically but she used it to oh it was uh winter was it, soldier because she was the the german yeah consular that that's she right. robert redford with okay yeah. so that I makes mean, sense that was a surprise for me but i wasn't quote-unquote hello motorcycle um so it was a surprise like it was a twist of some kind for me but i also was like i recognized that action that they did with the face masks thing from that other movie so i was i, don't, I wasn't like oh what is this you know yeah i w- i just wish they would have set it up a little bit to remind 
yeah. remind people like, hey, this is technology. Yeah, like have. maybe she could use it to go buy supplies when she's in hiding and early in the film or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Especially still back to back. Because again, potatoes. the whole like sever small the nerve potato. thing, like even though that's such a cool visual of ScarJo like breaking her own nose in such a badass way. Oh, when she's like, don't say anything bad. About she's like, I severed the nerve. And, at my, and when she said, I'm like, but did you? I don't really understand. Like, where is the nerve? Like, and like they don't it's explain right that really well. It's like in the thing. You don't have to know. I, I apparently she just not. punched the shit out of him, and that's all that needs to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would. I love watching Ray Winston get his ass kicked, especially mm-hmm. after he said pheromone lock six <laughs> or seven times. Um, but it, like, I've never every as soon as I saw. I, full disclosure: The Departed is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I absolutely With adore Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yes, but oh, hey, specifically guy. Ray Winston was. What do you what do you get your period? You like that whole scene where he's ordering a cranberry juice at the bar and anyway. So I thought he was perfectly cast, right? It was just like basically the same guy, but he was more successful. Um anyway. <laughs> Big fan. Um what did you guys think about uh just the taskmaster in general? So I the reason that is I a, said that is the biggest difference in comic books i think because I, I i when i saw that the reveal of who taskmaster was i immediately felt like ooh, a bunch of neck beards are gonna be all butthurt about For this for sure if they were butthurt about um well early the on the movie they're gonna be butthurt about this 10 times over i didn't have any again i, I mentioned that specifically that way just to, to preface this conversation because i don't have any history or expectations with this character yeah um in fact early in the movie somebody said something i think it was natasha and she was like he's gaining on us and i was sitting there in my chair like i'm 90% sure that's a woman just because of the the movie that we're in and the mm-hmm. message that I'm seeing so far. And of course it was apparently it's not supposed to be. So obviously I'm not upset about that. So yeah. it, it doesn't bother me at all. He's supposed to be some sort of like he man esque villain. Uh, sure. Yeah, his whole thing is he, 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 he analyzes people's fighting styles and can, yeah, I thought it was styles. really well done. That first set piece where he's fighting Natasha on the bridge that's the best set piece. Um, I thought it was fucking amazing. With like when character. she, uh, I don't know what the word is, like strings, uh, strings are up by her foot with the, the, the fucking harpoon thing, the grapple yeah. hook. There it is. Yeah. And then the way that she just flips out of it and comes right back down. Like that was like Terminator esque, terrifying. Like you can't stop her. Yeah. Um, I really thought they were going to do, I really like the effect cause she has those goggles on. Right. Uh-huh. You can see like a, like a red scanner scan go across whenever people are fighting. And I was really I was really wanting them to do like some very cool thing where maybe she's in the room with a character she's supposed to be protecting and then there's like a tense scene and then also you to see the scan. <laughs> oh, she's going to fight. But that didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Steve would have done. I hype myself up for something that didn't happen. <laughs> I have a couple of really important questions for both of you. Um, Vanilla. Do you think Drakov is dead? Is that Ray Winston? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, we saw his glasses get blown up. I think he's like a bigger <laughs> his glasses force. glasses are dead. And that's true. We did see the glasses. The only reason I think that it's not 100%, even though his spaceship exploded and he would have had to fall hundreds of feet, uh, is because he was, him and he and his daughter were also in the building that exploded. That's true. Um, yeah. And she just had like a two face thing instead of just being completely dead. Um, so, and, he, and he was fine. <laughs> who knows what kind of plot armor they could give him later. I yeah. think he's dead as well. I just I heard some uh, comic book fans. I almost said something else behind me uh, say, "Oh, he's definitely not dead." And I I haven't done any research or anything, so I just want to know what you all think. I think if Marvel was playing it right, in my personal opinion, like you, 
Natasha tried to kill him once. She killed him a second time. And I, I think bringing him back for a third time would be almost like, come on, you know? The only way they could do it is if... Uh, if uh, Florence Pugh gets her own mm-hmm. spinoff show and he somehow comes back for that, that's literally the only way. Because you're not going to have him come back and be like, oh, yeah. Black Panther, we meet again. Like, that's not going to Again, I'm fly. completely ignorant as to how this actually plays out in the canon of the comics. But I do know that Florence Pugh has been cast in mm-hmm. the Disney Plus Hawkeye, Hawkeye show. Oh, um, yeah. So she's 100% going to be in that, which is what the stinger was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got... Um, isn't uh, that wild now the, the Marvel movies are referencing the Marvel TV shows? It's what we, we could have had with Netflix, but those are all just <laughs> thrown in the trash oh, now. Don't remind me. I would like shows. to see Daredevil pop up. I mean, dude, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, even Luke Cage was yeah, great. Yeah, 100%. We don't have to talk about Iron Fist. Yeah, no. <laughs> I am the immortal Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get that. Okay, so the stinger. Uh, we're waiting through the credits, as we all know we need to do in a Marvel film. And then we see Julie Louise Dreyfus's character that showed up in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. uh, show up to recruit Yelena. And apparently she's already been working with her. We get a quick summation there and um, says, hey, do you want the person that's uh, responsible for your sister's death? And shows a photo of Hawkeye, uh, which is not true. Uh, <laughs> and so what do you guys think about that how we might see Yelena's character play out in the future do you think she's going to be the new black widow for like movie films uh, movie films for like f- movie film films? versions movie of films. the mcu <laughs> for the moving pictures double redundancy um my biggest thing is i just hope they don't make her a villain so to speak because i feel like with that um louis reed what's her name julia louise dreyfus <laughs> something but her giving um Yelena, the task to kill Clint Barton, I feel like is like going to be such a, I don't know. I don't want her character to be labeled as a villainous character or have negative like energy towards Clint Barton, especially when, I don't know, I feel like there's so many other characters and villains that he could pursue, I guess. I don't know. But in terms of her being Black Widow, I think, I think her walking up to the group of black widows at the end of the movie kind of in my mind was like oh she's going to be the one that's running this shit now not the other guy and she's going to train them to kind of be well they got a lot of other girls to free yeah they got free everybody yeah so i think that's kind of where her destiny is going versus um being trying to be like her sister so i think she's going to focus more on that i would 100 percent pay oodles of money to see yelena's movie um, I absolutely adored her character. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've been in love with Florence Pugh ever since way, way back. I mm-hmm. think the first movie I saw was um, Lady Macbeth. That's the first mm. movie. That's the first movie I saw. Yeah. Her. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Well, yeah. I, saw, I saw that movie and I really enjoyed her, but I wasn't a big fan of the movie itself. And sure. Then I same. Watched, and then I watched her in Fighting With My Family. Yep. In that movie. I told Steve to watch it for her alone. Yeah. Um, She, well, the show itself or the movie itself is really good. I like that. He has feelings about the actual people it's based on Uh, that are clouding his his judgment Mm, of the film. Apparently they're terrible people. Uh, They are not. But if you delete that from your brain and just think of this as a fun, wholesome family that likes wrestling, it's a really good, fun movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, the rock, rock, the Dwayne Johnson's in it. So Mm -hmm. Nick Frost (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Nick Frost. 
Yeah, it's a shame because Nick Frost and Lena Haiti, I, I love those characters, but they are not playing good people. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that movie's like, look how awesome this family is. Yeah. Yeah. Not awesome. Well, Definitely. I didn't think they, they shut him in a very good light, but I could see where the determination and the want to be in the WWE came from. So, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, so I'm 100% excited for Elena. I don't think she'll be a villain in the Hawkeye show very long. I'm actually a little annoyed with that conceit, but everybody around me seemed to be really like, oh, oh, man. (laughs) Oh, dude. And I immediately was like, God, we're going to have to spend three episodes with them trying to figure out that they're both good people. And then we get like a fun interaction with them. That's frustrating in advance. Well, and I think, too, it'll be interesting because I don't know how much of Clint Barton knows of Natasha's quote unquote family. And so I think it would be interesting to see Clint Barton interacting with Elena. That is, you know, Natasha's younger sister. Um, And for what I understand, the Hawkeye show is going to center mostly around him training his daughter or some, like his daughter's going to be taking up the mantle of Hawkeye. I think in that show, is that his daughter? Is that I again? I'm showing my well, his, revoke my nerd card. I don't know if it's the I same know. actress, but like the the daughter he's teaching how to shoot arrows in the beginning of um, Endgame. Endgame, like because she does become Hawkeye in the comics eventually. Okay. Haley right. Steinfeld's it's character, Haley Steinfeld's, right? Yeah. Kate Bishop. Yeah, um, that's my understanding. So like, but but it's interesting that you know maybe they'll become a team. Like his mm-hmm. daughter and Florence Pugh are going to go around and that would be cool. Shoot arrows and kick butt. Kick butt. Kick so butt. we got Vera Farmiga. Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld. And, really? Uh, Vera Farmiga? Is yes. Where is that at? I, I don't, it's on IMDb. I didn't know Vera Farmiga was I didn't was know in she was in oh, that either. I love me some Vera That's Farmiga. Eleanor Bishop, so it's probably Kate Bishop's mom. Hmm. Oh. So anyway, I'm super stoked. That's going to be in the fall of this year, uh, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Did um, you guys like the, uh, speaking of references to other Marvel shows, well, it's the same Marvel show, Captain or uh, Falcon the Moon and Soldier, um, uh, David Harbour's character is often like, I fought Captain America in the 80s, which is clearly not Steve Rogers mm-hmm. because Steve Rogers is... You think he was talking about Isaac? I think, or Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, Isaiah, that's right. The, uh, the I thought he was just making it up. Well, I thought he was too in that scene where he breaks the guy's hand, but then later on he like legitimately is like, does he talk about me? What did you guys think <laughs> about, who I'm talking about Taskmaster Taskmaster um mimicking the Avengers was that what was going on what was with the Captain America shield-esque yeah, fighting yeah. style is that yeah. what it was mm-hmm. yeah I really enjoyed that because it was kind of like because Red Guardian talks shit about Captain America the whole film and then he finally gets to fight Taskmaster and Task why is that so hard to say Taskmaster I'm just going to say TM finally gets to fight the Taskmaster that's how the guys behind me in the theater were talking the whole time during the fucking movie not even whispering don't make me go on a rant I'm still upset about it oh man rant I want to hear it these people have no idea of what it's like to interact with other people in a society like I don't understand like I'm also a nerd I love films I'm going to go home and watch people fight with swords and then play God of War and like I'm I'm all for it. Let's all enjoy this together. But you don't have to turn to your friend to say misogynistic things. At least whisper, like act like you give a fuck that I paid an equal amount of money to watch Mm -hmm. this movie. Like, I don't need to hear your thoughts on Scarlett Johansson's ass. And like you're by yourself in a fucking room somewhere. You're an A-lister, damn it. Uh. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) I'm an (laughs) A-lister. I don't understand. But I mean, and then have like conversations about like what a character means or how they're going to play in the next film with dozens of people sitting around you. And what is wrong with you? I I almost lost my shit. 
And I, I rarely mm. do that. I usually like, oh, God bless him. But I was, <laughs> I was really upset. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, it was it was a interesting theater experience. There's a lot of loud people in our theater, but I, I don't know if I talked about it with you. I think I did. There's the scene at the end uh, when they reference them as little girls, where they say, "Hey, we're both upside down," just like when they were both doing. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what that yoga pose is called, but uh, the guy at the behind me was like, "Did he?" She just ask if they're upside down. And like, I wanted to turn around and like choke him and be like, it's a reference to the beginning of the movie that you were talking over. You know what I mean? Gosh. Like, maybe if you weren't talking, you would understand. Yeah, that. it was such Loser. a, it was a good, I'm like Loser. tearing up. Loser. I'm tearing up. There, I know what's coming, you know, for her character. I'm like, I'm really all in on the emotion. And there's just like this, somebody stabbing an ice pick. <laughs> yeah. I, not even, not during the movie, thank God, but there's a, a guy that was, I don't know. We had all of the trailers beforehand and he would like talk out the whole time during the trailers. Like, we want to see the movie. We want to see the movie. I'm like, it's coming. (laughs) You know, you've been in a movie theater before. You know what? There's tons of trailers before. So this is the deal. Yep. And actually compared to Fast 9, that was a very like economical amount of trailers. It was. F9 was crazy. Oh my God. 35 minutes. Wow. 35 minutes. Including a six minute Jurassic Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Yeah, we were sitting in that theater for almost 40 minutes before they started that movie. Yep. Wow. I was super excited when the movie started. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, already? There's like, I had the opposite experience just because I was so traumatized by F9. Yeah. <laughs> I was very pleasant when, when that, like, feature presentation started. I'm like, ooh, yay, hopefully they don't play the Jurassic World Dominion I thing thought they again. just fucked up the, the trailer editing, uh, what did you call it? Playlist again. Playlist, yeah. yeah. But nope. So I, I have a question for you guys. Um, what do you guys think of the whole because obviously the movie centers around this family, this fake family that Natasha, you know, had referenced. Hey, it was real to me. It was real to me. <laughs> um, but I'm curious your guys' thoughts on, you know, do you think that direction that they went was the right move for Black Widow's, like, I guess, solo movie? I think so. Um, and this could just be my bias being colored here is because I, I do think those scenes where it was, it's, Scarjo and Florence, uh, the whole family sitting at the dinner table, all the quiet scenes where it's them, you know, talking about family, what it means to be family, becoming closer as a family. I thought those were hands down the best scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's when the best acting comes in. That's when some of the funniest lines come in. I enjoyed that part of the movie the best, but I, and I also think it, it, it fits real well with, uh, her character because you know, especially towards when we get to like Infinity War and Endgame, a big part of her character is the sense of family. And mm-hmm. in those movies, it's the Avengers. She has this family. And it's getting more and more like Fast and Furious as you talk. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Vin Diesel was going to come out at any point and be like, you can come to the barbecue. <laughs> no, he would as say, long as you get I a am Corona. Oh, yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting. I love fruit. barbecue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, it's fitting that she. She gets this family in the Avengers, loses it at this point in the timeline, reconnects with her old one that kind of reaffirms that's what she's missing, that's what she wants, and then she kind of that's doubles. what she had found in the Avengers, sure. And mm-hmm. then she and she doubles down on it in the later Avengers film because she now knows like this is who I am, this is what I want, and she doesn't have her past holding her back anymore because she now realizes what she needs. Chris, uh, I would say yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure I'm I'm feeling like I'm projecting on you maybe that you have an alternative that's probably amazing. But 
I, I loved it. That's <laughs> <laughs> me shaking my head. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, that's what I, I loved about the movie was specifically the interaction of her and Yelena, you know, Florence Pugh's character where they acted like sisters, mm-hmm. like almost, uh, what's the word? Almost in spite of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, especially the car, my favorite part of the movie probably is so dumb, but when she's sitting there talking about her vest and how many pockets it has, it's special to her because that's the first piece of clothing that she bought herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, Natasha's just kind of like, that's that's a hideous vest and I'm driving, (laughs) but also like, I get it. And so it's cute. And it's like, I do like the vest. It's, you know, it's like, yeah. I know you love the vest. You know, like yeah. that, that moment is such that a moment good is moment. so adorable when you yeah. can tell Florence Pugh is trying to be like, I don't know, it's okay. I mean, it's this cool vest. <laughs> I and then when she admits that she likes it, she's like, I right? Like it. yeah. <laughs> it's still functional. Yeah. I absolutely adored that moment. The the moments where uh, Yelena is making fun of Black Widow's like poses. Yes. Yeah. She's like, such a poser, such a poser. And it's, and then she does it. She does the pose and she just like, Oh, yeah, yeah. but it's so Ugh, tempting gross. to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like when she drops out of the helicopter and does the pose afterward yeah. and, uh, Elena's just looking down, like rolling her eyes, like Jesus. Christ. <laughs> um, and I like that red guardian again. Um, he just gets his ass kicked the mm-hmm. entire movie. He never, Correct me if I'm wrong. He never does anything cool except arm wrestle after the original opening scene when he's younger. It, it, it like task a TM beats the shit out of him. And he gets yeah. saved by Molina. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's it. I, I think, and I don't know if this is from a woman's perspective, from a woman's perspective and seeing it like this movie is all about the women in it. And so getting a man beat the shit out of, I mean, I think it's, I don't want to say appropriate, but Um, (laughs) but I mean, you see so many scenes where the man kind of takes homage and is like the hero and such. And so I think it's cool to have like, it's almost kind of like, no, that is not the focus of this movie. Yeah. You're not the hero here. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, but it didn't come like, it didn't come across as like, they couldn't see the seams or anything. It wasn't heavy handed, like, Oh, girl power. Yay. Like, you know, and again, I'm a man. So it's hard for me to see if like my sexism is coming through when I'm mm-hmm. watching a movie like that. Or if it's just like, no, it's just legitimately done poorly. It's not working. You yeah. know, it's pandering. Um, but this movie never felt pandering to me. It just felt so lived in and real and right. needed, which is why I reference me constantly comparing it to Captain Marvel, who was another female lead, which is another movie that I was very excited to see. Um, and so I feel like with what they missed in Captain Marvel, they really picked up with. You Cap- felt like Captain Marvel crossed the line. It was kind of pandering, and it was. I yeah. felt like it was pandering. It was on the, a little too on the nose with the feminism and the Me Too, and I don't know. It felt like forced, and I don't know if that was just bad writing or bad acting. But I just was like, this one felt more. Yeah. You like just more fluid and more natural. I thought you love Captain Marvel. I do love Captain Marvel okay. in the sense of... Um, but this movie shits on it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> in in reference to Black Widow, I have to say I much more prefer Black Widow than I do Captain Marvel. I think it's more so right the essence and the aesthetic of Black Marvel is so cool and so awesome. But in terms of that message of feminism and that message of woman power, it... I don't want to say it doesn't lack in terms of power because obviously Captain Marvel is a very powerful strength like woman. But in terms of like that regard, in terms of the writing, I was just like, nah, Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't fit for me. I may go see it again in the IMAX viewings. They were giving out these free comic books um, and the second issue is only available if you go see it again next week, which is brilliant marketing on the part of AMC. Mm -hmm. Unless you're an A-lister and you will be spending zero extra dollars. 
you need to show up in the theater is this with a like promo for AMC A listers. No, we I mean, only twenty dollars. <laughs> we do it all for free. Shame, We're so stupid. Shameless plug. Checks in the mail. You just need to show up to the AMC with like a white ascot and like a, a what is ascot? Is I don't know. <laughs> but you know, talk about that like like little yeah yeah, yeah the kerchief thing. thing. Yeah. Kerchief, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, and then like thick. Uh, thick uh sunglasses and like maybe like a boater's boat jacket and just like hello i'm the a-lister here to see black widow wears and then i pull out my stopwatch and say for the 810 showing (laughs) (laughs) actually when you were talking about um something you said earlier chris randomly this is randomly reminded me of what i thought was the funniest line in the movie it was the one like there was a lot of funny moments but this one actually got me to chuckle for a longer period of time than the audience did. And I had to stifle it for a while. Cause I kept laughing when everyone had stopped. Uh, and it was at the very end when uh, David Harbor and Rachel Weiss, they have landed on the ground. They're walking towards her and Rachel Weiss is like limping pretty bad. And Scarlett Trans is like, you all right? And she goes, well, I'm very clearly injured. <laughs> yes. That, that was extremely funny. Just the way she delivered it was like, duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad because usually when a movie does that, like the hero, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. But yeah. like, I'm very it's clearly very injured. Clearly injured. <laughs> I had such, such a blast. A I had such a blast with this movie. Yeah. It, I mean, that's turned me around and I was like a C plus before. And I think I'm getting I mean, more towards I, a B. I can see where you're coming from in terms of the editing. Um, I think, I think, towards the end I can see where it was a little like just splashed together but also I think too I mean I'm not a film editor but it was also just like in the moment action sequence like splicing a bunch of these moments together um but yeah I'm glad we we turned you around and you're you're a true believer now you are sounds true believers (laughs) we've taken you to the red room of criticism Oh my god! Just a uh, poor. I need to get a red probably. glow stick and blow it up in my face <laughs> so I can get this mind control out of me. Yes, that's all that was was glow sticks that she took from uh, Burning Man. Mm-hmm. She's just giving them out. It's <laughs> fixing everybody. So, uh, I think you mentioned wanting to do this, Chris. Uh, if you were to take Marvel movies and you kind of had them in tiers, so you had the S tier, which is mm. like the best of the best, and A tier, B tier, C, D. F, F being the worst, mm. F being where Thor the Dark World lives. Mm. Uh, where would you guys put this in your tier of Marvel films? Because you mentioned this earlier, Chris, that it's almost impossible to rank all 20 whatever films there are at this point. I think, yeah. You know, yeah. so what what tier would you put this movie in? Honestly, S. S tier, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, It's it's, for me, putting movies like Infinity War and Endgame in the S is just like you have to because you have so many. Hello. Oh, there's there's gentlemen. They're there's, they're waving. Hello, hi. He waved at me. He actually did wave at me. But there's, I feel like those movies they have so much going on in them, and they're like so good in terms of just because they're really long and they have a lot going on. Like you automatically put them in that S tier. But I feel like this one being an independent film with that story of Black Widow and it was just so good. It was so mind blowing. I don't know if it's just cause I, I only watched it the one time and um, I'm still like on the high of it, but I, I, yeah. give, I give it in the S tier and I, I would even say it's, it's Thor Ragnarok and Black Widow are pretty like tied with me. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah. That's I agree. Race. I agree. And I, I, I'm, I'm fearful that there's a little recency bias. Um, like when I saw, and we won't talk about that, the movie that must not be named, but I was very excited now about I'm a recent curious. movie. What do you mean? When I compared Justice League to Endgame and I was uh, being really oh. like controversial on purpose, but like in retrospect, I'm like, 
can't compare it to Endgame. I mean, there was so, like yeah, a decade-long buildup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I still think Zack Snyder's Justice League was was awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I agree with Madison. I think it's S tier for me. I think it's right up there. There's there's a, a small like when you talk about the smaller films that were really successful. You know, you've got Thor Ragnarok and you've got Winter Soldier, and then Civil War and Endgame, and those kind of films are always up there. It's like wow, this is they pulled it off. Like this isn't hokey. Like it should be. Um, but yeah, it's definitely at the top for me. I think this is one of my favorite in recent memory. Um, it's like, it's kind of like black Panther in the sense that like when I watched it, I was like, that's not what I expected at all. Holy shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah, it's right up there. Right on. And so this is right around Ant-Man for you. I'm thinking Steve. No, dude, you, you know me so little. Ant-Man's my favorite. So. Is it really? Well, it's not my favorite movie, but he's my favorite superhero. So strangely don't ask me why no it's, just, it's paul rudd it, it, it makes love sense Ant-Man. it makes sense <laughs> I, I but uh i i think i am still gonna put this in like the c tier hmm. um i i like it better than like captain america the first avenger i like it more than uh, like the incredible hulk and thor the dark world and but some of the some of the wow. movies i haven't seen in a while mm. so like i want to kind of high praise them. I think I like it more than Iron Man 2 and maybe even Iron Man Wow. I hope you would. High praise. <laughs> Actually, I, so when I was doing Is research, it better than Age of Ultron? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing research for this and like I kept I kept comparing Ray Winstone to Harvey Weinstein and uh, Isaac Perlmutter. Do you guys know the story of Isaac Perlmutter, who I, he is? I do not. So Isaac Perlmutter it was a figurehead at Disney. And he kind of had a lot of sway in the MCU early on. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Feige was kind of running things. But even Kevin Feige at the time had a boss and that was Mr. Perlmutter. And so a lot of really bad ideas and really shitty things happened because him, because Isaac Perlmutter is an asshole and you, he has been forced out of Disney. It's been a couple years since they, they kicked him out of Disney because he was being a huge asshole. And now he just, gives donald trump money Mm. um so he's yeah he's that kind of guy but he famously said that they when avengers came out when the avengers the first one came out he famously was like hey don't make black widow action figures people don't want to buy girl action figures so a lot of the reason why you know there wasn't a lot of because kevin feige wanted to make an all-woman's uh, uh, superhero movie like around that time and he was the guy that's like no one gives a Missed shit about female superheroes who cares um, he also it's speculated upon that in Iron Man 3 the reveal of who the real Mandarin was was supposed to be Rebecca Hall's character who hmm. who just kind of gets she gets set up in that movie and then is killed off unceremoniously towards the end Yeah, but she was supposed to be revealed as the main villain and he was the one that kind of stepped in and said no you know, you can't have a woman be the bad guy. That does, that's not believable. Um, and, and there's been so many things like in, you know, in the Hollywood goss where Scarlett Johansson clearly is not a fan of this guy for obvious, obvious reasons. reasons. Yeah. And so a lot of the, th- that scene with Ray Winston towards the end, I, you could feel that a lot of that was directed towards that guy specifically. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. But I, but the, the, the comparisons to Harvey Weinstein are also apt because I think Ray Winston just kind of like, can I look like Harvey? I'll do that. <laughs> All he was missing was his pathetic little walker. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the net when he didn't get, get killed by the explosion. It's going to carry on, but he'll just be on trial with uh, Colonel Ross or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, does anyone else have any 
other thoughts on the film they want to drop before we close it up? I think it was a, a perfect ending to Black Widow's story with ScarJo as Black Widow. I agree. R.I.P. R.I.P. Well, that wraps up our coverage of Black Widow. We absolutely adored the film. Please email in to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Black Widow. You can follow us on Twitter at CMichaelWrites or at StreamThingPod as well. And Steve? See May 13th. Madison, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Just happy to be here. Thanks for having me on we the show. We have a, loved having you on. You're a wonderful guest. Thank you so much, yeah. everyone. And that's all we have time for. My name is Chris. I'm Steve. My name is Madison. Hey! Happy streaming. <laughs> Bye.